When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi there, and welcome back to this episode. I am delighted to have our guest with us today, Beljeet Joshi. She is a real estate agent in uh, Canada, in Alberta, actually. Welcome to the show. Let's just dive right in and welcome you to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing great. So, you know, looking at your uh your um your bio, uh I know that you, you know, have been a real estate agent for a while. Uh your mission is to help your clients, you know, educate them through the seamless process. I think it's interesting that you are a mental health advocate as well to bridge that gap in the community awareness and I'm really curious to know like getting started here in, in this is because of this, um, this heart-centered approach to what you have, is there a specialty that you possess in Canada that uh, really feeds into this? Because I know here in the U.S., I, a colleague of mine is working on a certification for um, uh, children with, um, you know, with um, mental illness or Asperger's or, you know, any of any of those types of illnesses um, to make sure that the homes are safe for them. So is this just your goal? Is this something a passion for you? Or is this something that is a certification that people have? And, you know, you said, hey, I, I it warms my heart. So I want to go do it. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, that's interesting because I've never heard of actually a certificate or certification around that, but this is more for me because I, I just noticed that humans generally, we have a lot of baggage that we carry, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot that has happened to us in the past and, you know, our trauma is our own, no matter how mm -hmm. big or small, but it kind of shapes us into who we are today. And at times there's a lot of I, I want to say baggage again, because it's just so heavy sometimes where it's all that unpacking that we need to do, which takes a toll on our families, our friends. Um, and even when it comes into buying real estate, I, I find myself in a position where I'm technically a psychologist, you know, when I don't. Are, really, that's why I'm um, laughing. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So it's, um, it's interesting because 
I, I face that a lot. And I think the biggest or closest tie that I have to that is when I used to teach yoga. So when I used to teach yoga, it's just all of that comes up to the surface, right? When you kind of go through the practice, you come out, you just have more clarity. Um, your mind and your body and spirit are all kind of connecting and talking to each other where you're really trying to understand who you are. And uh, some of that unpacking starts to happen at that point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really interesting. And, you know, even even in this, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm an empath. So even in this virtual state um, that you and I are are exchanging energy, you know, you just have this calm demeanor about you, you know, that has to do with yoga, which, by the way, I don't do yoga. I'm a dancer. Um, and so I'm <laughs> not pretty bad. Right. I'm not a yoga person. I like to meditate. Mm -hmm. I like to pray, but I'm not a yoga person and probably why my back always hurts and everything. But, but yeah, your energy is, is that so, you know, obviously as a real estate agent and, and I'm telling you, you know, I know, and I've been around the industry for so long that, uh, you know, it becomes, you know, it, it's almost like it needs to be written in the contract. Look, I'm not a psych psychotherapist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not all these things. But it comes with the territory, whether you're a real estate agent, a mortgage lender, whether you're an investor as you're negotiating or dealing with renters um, and those types of things. So how do you specifically apply this to your business? Or maybe you can give us an example of how you're applying it, especially now with, well, at least in the U.S., interest rates are high. We have, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And maybe that's what you're experiencing mm -hmm. there. Maybe you can tell us a little, a little bit about your market and then how are you addressing this and how is it allowing you to keep sane when dealing with people that are buying the largest investment that they'll ever buy? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So here it's the same sort of thing. Interest rates are really high. And as a result of that, our tenant markets or with, within the rentals, their rental rates have gone up as well. Yeah. And everybody seems to be migrating into Calgary in Alberta as well uh, from the heavier provinces like uh, Ontario and BC, where Toronto and Vancouver are really overpriced. So now they're like, oh, Calgary seems like a great option. So they're all coming here. <laughs> so, yeah, rush to the um, center, right? To, to the belt. And we're seeing that too. Yeah, the rush to Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's more for Calgarians here who, you know, they, they're trying to get a house or trying to get their first property, things like that. So I actually work hand in hand with my husband and he's a financial wealth planner. And we're able to sit down with our clients and kind of work out a plan or a strategy where we can help them get into their first home. Maybe they're not in a position to right away, but uh, we're able to formulate that plan so that they are able to kind of carry that first property. And we show them how to invest so that they can carry a second property if they wish to grow their investment portfolio and build a legacy. You know, I think that's interesting that you say this because, you know, I mean, obviously this podcast is called Mortgage Lending Mastery um, and mastery comes over a long period of time. It doesn't come immediately. And that's why I called it that, um, you know, and it, and it takes steps to do it. I love that you're utilizing those steps. So tell us a little bit about um you know, I mean, granted, your husband is in financial services, so that makes makes sense. But there are a lot of real estate agents and a lot of um, mortgage lenders that really, um, well, I'll, let me speak about mortgage lenders. Mortgage lenders 
tend to want to work with real estate agents. And, and I hear this a lot in my coaching is, you know, I'm looking for realtors, I'm looking for realtors, I'm looking for realtors. And I said, you know, but there's financial planners, there are divorce attorneys, you know, and as a loan officer, when I was, I, most of my business came from there and not from real estate agents. Why did you choose right. as a real estate agent? Because I never see real estate agents speaking with um, a, attorneys and financial planners, although I think they should. I know I don't see them doing that. Why did you decide that this was a good avenue for you? And do you find that this is a, a lion's share of where your client acquisition comes from? Or do you find that this is convenient because you're married? Um, it's let's say it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm married to a financial planner that helps, but also I used to work at a bank. So I worked at a bank, one of the big five banks here in Canada for about six years. And, um, that was when I was getting my degree in the beginning before I even knew I was going to get into real estate or anything like that. But, uh, at that time it kind of showed me, you know, how we can use different strategies, how every single bank is slightly different from the other. Um, and they're competitive as well. So even just sitting with a financial planner and granted when I met my husband too, he, he was with investors group, which is a large company here as well, but they're more kind of private dealing with, uh, you know, a certain bracket of the wealthy as well. So when we're looking at that, um, you just notice that there's different strategies that these private lenders or private uh, financial planners are utilizing. And how do the wealth get wealthier? There has to be some sort of secret sauce or whatever it is. And it's, it really comes down to strategy. Mm -hmm. And mortgage brokers don't know all the strategies. They know how to get the mortgage done. But that doesn't mean they can help you plan for the next five to 10 years and what that looks like. They can just kind of help you with the five C's of, you know, your credit, character and all of those other things. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, my husband actually worked at uh, BMO, which is Bank of Montreal, in one of the other big five banks as a mortgage specialist. So he has kind of like an all around understanding of everything. So his background's in finance, accounting, he's done mortgages, and he's been a small business owner as well. So having all of those strengths, we're able to really look at the big picture and talk to people about, you know, all kind of avenues and, and different, um, basically a big picture with a big overall strategy, which works for them. Yeah. You know, and I think that's very interesting, you know, whether it is looking at it as a circle, some people look at it as a circle and say, okay, if I'm in the center of the circle, who are the parties that I need to be able to, you know, refer my clients to, whether it's insurance or whether it's, um, yeah. you know, financial planning or life planning, whatever the case may be. Others look at that mm -hmm. as a stream as well, you know, where we're all floating down the stream together and there are people that are before us, right? Who are the people that clients are speaking to before they get to you? And who are the clients they need to speak to afterwards? And it seems like there are so many people in both of these industries that are so concerned about their little float flotation yeah. device. They don't have any awareness of any anybody before or after, right? And that's exactly what you're saying mm -hmm. is if we mm -hmm. have that awareness that, you know, those that are referring to me or the client needs to get prepared and then come to me, and then who can I then pass that forward onto to help them grow financially, you know, grow their legacy as you as you were saying. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, even as a real estate agent, if I position them in a way 
where they're getting their next investment property. I'm partnering myself with somebody who I can trust to do that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to refer them back to me anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So at the end of the day, it's, it's a bigger picture. It's a long game. It's not just what am I eating today? It's how am I feeding my family and generations to come? Yeah. So, you know, here, mm-hmm. here we are in today's market market, you know, it's a difficult time. We have fewer transactions. We have a lot, there's a lot of elements that are in there. What are you doing to stay positive? What are you doing to look forward, um, to look forward and how maybe, maybe there's a tweak that you've made in your practice Maybe there is no tweak. A tweak. One of the things I love about you working with a financial advisor, which is why I worked with them, is because life events happen whether rates are good or not, whether the market's hot or not. So what what have you mm-hmm. put into play to keep your sanity as we go through this this period of time and to continue to maintain your practice? Do you have some insider secrets? Uh, well, I think the first thing I do is listen to something positive in the morning. So I have millionaire mindset tapes that I listen to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not physical tapes, but uh, they are audio clips that I just listen to. So it kind of gets my uh, head straight first thing in the morning. Um, I take time to meditate as well. Mm-hmm. And I used to work out quite a bit. So now I'm just slowly getting back into that again, because, you know, once you kind of fall off that horse, it's like, oh, oh so hard to get back on. <laughs> um, but those things are so key. And even just having a routine. So my morning routine, I like I have the same smoothie every single morning, it keeps me balanced. So if my gut is happy, mentally, I'm happy too. So I'm able to perform better and uh, deliver for my clients that much better as well. And it's just, you know, keeping it on top of everything in terms of my business. So I know that leads are always coming to me. The business is there. It's how I choose to handle it and what I choose to do to fill in the gaps because everybody's business always has something where we could tweak or tighten up and um, maybe the workflow is a little bit better. So that's basically what I'm working on on my end this year is just to make sure that, you know, those holes or gaps are now closed up patched up and everything is a smooth workflow. Yeah. So that you're ready for the next wave of pot, you know, a plethora of opportunity. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that yes. you're know, still getting leads. I'm still getting them. Where, what do you do to, to gain client acquisition? Let's take your husband out of this for a moment. He's a referral source. No question. Maybe you have other financial advisors that you work with, but give us some insight in what, a real estate agent, and I should say realtor, because I know you love the term realtor, but but um, what what does a realtor do or what should a realtor be doing uh, to get client acquisition in today's market? Um, I think a really big thing is uh, just seeing your longevity. If you've been in the business a long time, how can you reach out to your past clients and nurture them? That's one source. The other source would be uh, looking at social media. What are you doing with social media? Are you running targeted ads? Or, so I've um, been through a coaching program where I'm able to actually understand funnels, how those work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm able to target them to a specific target market. So even doing farming in a specific neighborhood or area, but then coupling that with social media as well. So that's been a a very powerful tool. 
and doing community events, just getting your name, your face out there so people recognize you, um, going to different net networking events just to get your, again, your name out there and meeting other people. So it's it's getting in front of new people all the time. And it's you ask yourself, how do I do that? Do I just go to a coffee shop and just drop my card off in front of you know everyone that's standing in the line? Or um, do I go to big networking events? Do I go to big parties and network? You know, it's just whatever suits you because not everybody's gonna do business the same way, but you have to be comfortable with how you do business. Yeah. So yeah. between my husband and I, for example, he's mm -hmm. very like social butterfly. We'll talk to anybody no matter what, you know, and I'm a little bit more reserved. Like I will think maybe twice before approaching because I got a million other things running through my mind where he's just go, go, go. You know, we're just a little bit different that way, which is totally fine, but it works for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a good balance. And I, I have that in my household too. I'm the more reserved person, believe it or not, the more reserved person than my husband. <laughs> like I, he's a helium yes. balloon and I am the string to his helium balloon, constantly pulling him back in. <laughs> you know? um, and, you know, and he's a mortgage lender, which is hilarious because, you know, he's been in the business too. And I, I'm no longer that, but it's interesting that, you know, we're both like these crazy you know, balloon people that go out there, you know, I, I, what I'm hearing you is just stick with the basics, you know, and, um, a lot of people say, you know, I'm getting back to basics and I'm thinking, gosh, if they are basic, why do you have to get back to them? If they're basic, that's like brushing your teeth. When did you stop brushing your teeth? If it's a basic, oh, I got to get back to brushing my teeth. So, so, yeah. you know, but, but I do hear you saying, you know, is don't go into a corner. Don't, you know, uh, sit back and just say, well, I, I'm just done until the market comes back again. And don't rely on the market to bring you that kind of business, but yeah. rather, you know, keep going, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, right? Just keep swimming in that. Um, if, there totally. was one, if there was one thing that you would advise for a realtor right now, um, aside from the basics, what would you advise them to be doing? I'd say work on yourself always. So it's just like taking a shower. So every single day, work on yourself because we are our biggest um, hurdle or block that we need to overcome because we're the one who stops ourselves from picking up the phone and calling the next person or getting out there and getting dressed and actually going to meet people face to face, right? Um, it's just getting over those small little things. So when we pour into ourselves every day, we're, we have that much more to pour into others. And I think it's just uh, a good reminder that we are here to serve others and guide others along the way and people need us. So if we hog ourselves to ourselves, we can't get out there and serve the people we need. Yeah, yeah, I think that's powerful. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you the same question for mortgage brokers, mortgage lenders, because you're, I, I'm sure they've come out of the woodwork and they're just calling everybody. You want to have coffee? You want to have coffee, which is not a good strategy, but that's what's happening right now. What do you look for in a mortgage broker when they first approach you? I mean, let's just use this example. You have people, we assume this, right? And, and I mean, it's assumptive. So I know you have relationships. I know you have your go-to people. How how does someone get your attention so that rather than replace those people, you expand your business? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. So I think it's knowing exactly what your company or what your, um, if you're a mortgage broker, maybe you have something that's unique to others that you can offer. So that's number one. And if you're brand new and just starting off in the business, I would say just even acknowledging that and saying, I'm a little bit new, give me a chance, but I have XYZ to back me up. If I don't know the answer, I will get it for you. I will get this done. Like I'm going to work harder than anybody else will to get it done. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point. You know, a lot of new, um, you know, realtors, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what business they're in, right? It doesn't matter what the business yes. is. When someone's new, they come in saying, yeah, they won't want to talk to me because I'm new. But see, the thing is, I think sometimes when you say, hey, I've been in the business for 40 years, me, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I've been in the business for 40 years. Yeah. It can also mean that you're stale, that you don't have any new ideas, that you're set in your ways, that you do things the old way and not the new way. You might not have social media. You might have social media, right? So I think what people need to understand is that, you know, and, I, and I'm sure that you can appreciate this, when you start rising up and you're getting up to the top level of your, your uh, industry and of your profession, it's always good to take the elevator back down and get some new blood. Because that new blood has new ideas, new fresh ways of doing things. And, mm -hmm. and um, I love that that you said, you know, stay in the game. If you're new, stay in the game and just lean on the fact that you've got all of this experience behind you, you know, all of this experience that you can lean on. Um, mm -hmm. When you say bring something different, let's talk about different. What is different to you? Is it a product or is it a strategy? Is it, uh, what is it for you? What does bringing something different mean to you? Well, um, it's based on demographics, right? So if we're dealing with people who are, say, just have their, uh, before getting their citizenship, they, they have their permanent, permanent resident status or something like that, mm -hmm. what are the programs that they can utilize? Or if they don't have their credit fully built up, are there other ways that you can look at their character or see that they have paid their bills on time to be able to get that mortgage approved at the end of the day? Or is it more money down? Like, what will it take to actually get it done? And what do those programs look like? And what are those guidelines? And why should I do business with you, you know, at the end of the day? Because yeah. if you're telling me and you're from the same brokerage as somebody else and that person didn't tell me, I'll probably work with you because you're the one who told me. Right, right. Yeah, I think the challenge is getting the opportunity to tell you, <laughs> right? Yes. <The> opportunity <laughs> to tell you, you know, yes. rather than I, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. So, you know, I think this is where social media can come in. I think this is where video can come in, you know, a simple video to you. Of, mm -hmm. Hey, I know you already have relationships, but I just want to share with you a couple of things, you know, that we do that's unique and different. But, you know, I also think that a prescription without, without diagnosis is also malpractice. So why would I send, and I'm not, and I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm just so if I were to send you an email or a video that says, hey, we can, you know, help you make uh, chocolate chip cookies when nobody else can. Um, and you're like, but I'm allergic to chocolate chips. How does that how, how does that help? So given that situation, yeah. you have a recommendation of how I'd get your attention. Because this is for all loan officers and all realtors. This isn't you specifically. Yes. <laughs> right. But. 
how would I yeah, absolutely to have the conversation to find out what you need, what you're lacking in the repertoire of, of those that are serving you right now? Um, because how would I know that you're looking for someone with credit? You know, how do we resolve credit or how do I, how do I this? How would we know that? So can you share with us another, another, you know, what is the thing? What's the yeah. thing? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is no matter like how you're saying, whether you're a realtor or a mortgage broker, we both have our own businesses, but then within our businesses, we need to know who we're servicing and who our niche is. Yeah. So you can't be speaking to everyone because then you're speaking to no one, one. Right? right? So you have to know exactly who you want to target mm-hmm. as a mortgage loan officer or a lender. And, and that way you're able to target those realtors who are in those specific niches as well. Right. Because you don't want to work with all realtors if they don't meet your niche and the people you want to work with. Maybe you don't want to work with newcomers. Maybe you don't want to work with um, a newer generation with first time homebuyers. Maybe you want to only work with investors and you have to find those realtors who are focused on that specific niche. Yeah. And I think the challenge is uh, just really making sure that people have a niche. Right. Uh, I find that a mm-hmm. lot of loan officers don't. I find that a lot of realtor, realtors don't. I actually find a lot of investors don't. I used to work with a lot of investors and they're like, anything that will give me money, you know, bring me money. Wise. Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to figure yeah. out, are you buy and hold? Are you fix and flip? Are you renovate? Are you multifamily? Are you whatever? I think in any, totally. we have to have that niche out there. And, you know, so, I mean, here's what I'm hearing, you know, so for those that are listening as we end our time together today is, you know, that you need to do some research, you need to do some homework on the people that you are approaching, whether it's a real estate agent or financial planner, a title company, an insurance agent, whoever it is, you know, a yoga instructor who can refer you business, right? You need to do some research to find out (laughs) what clientele they're after. If they aren't clear, then they're not going to be clear in their business. And most people that are successful are clear. I will tell you that, you know, you go over that that tipping point of, I know who I like to work with and I'm going to stay in my lane because otherwise it's just work. It's not, you know, that. So Mm -hmm. uh, do that research and see if you can, if you are the right doctor for the, you know, the problem. I always look at it as, look, you've got a headache. I have a pill. Is this the right pill for that headache? And we don't do that. We're just like, we open up those. That, that overcoat and it's just full of medication, right? And we're like, what works? What works? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's, that's really the plan. And I think that's for anybody, you know, in what we're doing. So thank you for bringing that to the light. I think that really opens that up, you know, for people to really understand is, uh, you know, you don't need everybody either. You only need a handful of people that you can really work with together. What parting mm-hmm. uh, thoughts would you like to leave with us? could be a quote, it can be an affirmation, it could be something I just brought up. Um, Yeah, think on this. Is there a mantra you use? Is there a quote you are always saying to someone? Yeah, um, there's one written right in front of me and it says motivation is an action, not a feeling. Do it anyway. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because so, motivation is an outward thing. Inspiration is an inward thing. So yeah, mm-hmm. love that. Any other thoughts on that? I think um, it, it keeps me going when I feel like, you know, maybe I need a kick in the butt or something like that. And it's just like, okay, my feelings say one thing, but that I to actually take the action to do something will get me a result, which will make me feel better, you know? So it's, yeah, um, it's not about the feelings. It's about, yeah, exactly. It, it just doesn't matter how you're feeling in that moment because feelings can change instantaneously, right? So maybe that's just standing up and holding yourself in a strong posture just to get that blood rushing and the endorphins kind of going yeah. or doing a couple of push-ups, you know, yeah. just, it's to, just to get state. that, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And in turn, it's changing your physiology and biology because it's a chemical reaction. So when we're conscious that, you know, the way we feel in a moment shouldn't determine how the rest of the day goes, because that is in our control. As much as we think it's not, it definitely is. Yeah. You know, well, you obviously have a high level of an emotional intelligence because it takes emotional intelligence uh, to be able to let that fall off your back, right? Be a duck and let it fall off your back rather than a sponge and it weighs you down all single day, you know, every day. One of the strategies I use is when something goes really good, I just go, yes, yes, yes. Sometimes I scream, yes, yes, yes. Sometimes I just whisper, yes, yes, yes. Because it's it just sinks that in, it anchors in that positive moment and you know, I love doing it because it's, it's at anything, you know, at anything, my food tasted really good. Yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) Whatever it is. And um, so I think that's totally, yeah, I think that's really powerful. I love that you have that sitting in front of you too. That means so much because it means it's something that you're doing every day. And it's obvious because of all the success that you have. So how can we reach out to you if we know someone who's going to be going to Canada or, or, you know, maybe there's a real estate agent that's listening and says, hey, you know, if you have someone coming down here, I want to be that referral partner or someone else wants to have you as a uh, speaker on their at one of their events or on a podcast as well. How, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Honestly, simple phone number is the best way. You can text me, you can call me. Um, if that doesn't, you know, if I don't get back to you right away, then you can always shoot me a message on Instagram. Awesome. And we'll have those links down here in the show notes as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of our day. And by the way, we need to let everybody know third time's a charm. We have been maneuvering this me, this podcast for days and days. And, uh, you know, it just shows our perseverance. It shows our resilience. It shows our professionalism to get the job done. So thank you so much for sticking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate being on this podcast. Thank you for having me on here. Of course. Well, thank you everyone for listening in and taking time out of your day to improve your personal and business development. It means so much to me that you're listening in. And I just ask you again to pay it forward and be sure you go to Facebook and find Mortgage Lending Mastery and become part of our community. We would love to have you in the community and get your insights on what you're doing in your business to move it forward. And with that, we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. 
Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery Membership Community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.